All right. Hey, uh, good evening to all of you out there back on our normal night of, uh, well, there is no normal night. We just pick a night. We, we originally planned for it to be Wednesday and sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't, but tonight it is, uh, welcome to the, uh, freshly vaccinated version of the five, seven, three report. Um, we, we traded between standing in Hy-Vee in Jefferson City and sitting on Zoom calls today. So uh, you got to listen, Mitch, you got to listen to Conzo Martin and Drew Smith, and I got to listen to, uh, to Lon Kruger and Austin Reeves. Yeah, it really kind of worked out pretty well. It's a good thing we didn't go together because oh. it was not exactly an expedient process. It, we, it neither is. one of us would have been on the Zooms. Yeah, I mean, I went at – well, so originally I was supposed to go at 845, and so – had an appointment at Hy-Vee, but I had called a few Walmarts last night trying to get my wife and son on the like overflow list. And so I was had Walmart in my head so much that I drove to Walmart in Jefferson <laughs> City and then looked down at my sheet and it said Hy-Vee, so I had to drive across town. So that delayed me a little bit, but I still got there at a much better time than you did. But at this point, I figure we've waited 13 months for this, like an extra hour and a half is not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. So, uh, welcome into the five seven three report. I promise that is the uh, well, that is not the extent of the COVID talk. There is plenty of COVID talk on this show, but that is the extent of the COVID vaccine in our personal lives talk. Uh, the five seven three report every week brought to you by five seven three tees dot com. Go check them out on the internet. I would imagine that they probably have some NCAA tournament themed gear for you all. Uh, possibly might even come out with something if, say, Missouri beats Oklahoma. Almost certain they would come out with something if Missouri beat Gonzaga. We'll get to that down the road. But uh, 573Ts.com, check them out. If you go through the link on the show page on our site, you can get 10% off your first purchase, and that is uh, better than no percent off your first purchase. So go through that and uh, and go do that. Um, all right, so, Mitch, we're going to talk almost exclusively basketball tonight, but um, I guess we're going to start. Case is asking the question, and about an hour ago, I guess, Missouri – came out on Twitter and said, hey, everybody can come. Stands can be full at Fro Field. And let's start by saying this. We certainly hope that's true. That is how we would love it to be. And it would be fun if it is that way. And it might be that way. But saying it on March 17th doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be that way. Yeah, right. I mean, like, and in talking to Jim Sterk, that's been pretty clear. I mean, he, he says like, look, we're planning on full capacity, but right. there are contingencies. It's the same thing, you know, they said last year. I mean, last year for most of the offseason, we're planning on everything to be normal, normal 12-game schedule, normal capacity, until we're not. Right. So, um, but that said, obviously, this is a slightly different situation, we hope, than, than last season. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll be, by next fall, pretty pretty far removed from from this thing. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully you know, things can't get back to normal. I feel relatively optimistic about it. At least though, we're a little more experienced in this thing so that now every time we get a statement that says we plan something, everybody doesn't just jump up and down and say, hooray, it's done. Um, Right. Like, I mean, literally every statement last year said we plan to do this. And like you said, you plan to until you don't. And like, look, I'm not trying to be the wet blanket. I think it's going to be pretty close to normal. I don't know if it'll be 100% capacity, but I, I, I mean, these the vaccines are rolling out. Everybody, I'm certain by September 1st, everybody that wants to get it 
will have had the chance to get it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, look, they might limit your tailgates or they might tell you you got to wear a mask if you go in. I don't know. That's all down the road. But I think we're going to be pretty close to getting people in the stadium that want to be in the stadium. Agreed. Agreed. And uh, so real quick, we'll hit on this and then we'll move to basketball. Case says, do you expect sellout crowds next year if they're allowed with the increased momentum? Like, I mean, it should be, right? Yeah, I mean, like, will every single seat, every single game be sold out? Probably not. I mean, like, there's some uh, – I don't remember the exact schedule, but I'm pretty sure there's a few non-conference games in there that are not the most inspiring ever. Um, there usually so, are, like, yeah. You know, yeah, that's that's not going to be – those. there's probably going to be some of those that aren't sold out. But, man, I, you would have to hope, uh, given the amount of, you know, energy we've kind of felt and heard around the, mm-hmm. the new coaching staff and the program and the fact that, you know, you couldn't – come last year i think fans would be pretty eager to the one thing i will say like you know obviously nationwide problem not just missouri but like you know attendance was dipping a bit before the pandemic and i am curious and i've seen this floated about how much you know having a year where people didn't go to games will convince some people that maybe it was never worth it i think most people will be eager to get back out there but there there might be some segment who's not but i I think in missouri's case given the amount of momentum around this program you can find other people who'd be willing to go right i mean i've already said like when when after i have my second shot and some of my friends do the first thing i'm doing is going to a royals game like i just want to go back to a game and sit in the stand you know and i think a lot of people feel that way um Mm-hmm. So we'll see where it goes, um, but but that's kind of where we sit right now. And look, this is – I understand all the momentums around football. Everybody's excited about football, but this is basketball time. And let's it just is. start here. It's been two years since we got this tournament. I think I speak for both of us. This is our favorite sporting event of the year, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is the thing I missed the most last year, for sure. Uh, Especially the first weekend of the tournament. Those first four days when you got wall-to-wall hoops, you know, just craziness all the time. It's awesome. Um, It's great, obviously, to have the team we follow, you know, be in there just for... I mean, it's actually not great for watching purposes, but it's kind of (laughs) cool to, you know, be covering a team that matters. Um, And, yeah, like, you know, just to to not have that last year was was tough, so I'm I'm very excited. Because, really, when you look back on it, we ended up having pretty much everything else. I mean, in yeah. some form. I mean, there were, like, I don't know, maybe the Boston Marathon was canceled. I think the British Open maybe was canceled. But, yeah. like, for the most part, we had some form of everything. Except right. this. We had, we had none of right. this. It just didn't happen. Have, yeah, I haven't had the Olympics, but apparently that's coming. So, especially if once that happens, I will say that this was the biggest thing. So, is that, is that going to actually happen this summer? I mean, as of now, okay. you know, same thing with you know, football. It's, it's planned. They the planned. Plan is, yes. They planned. Right. Okay. Cause yeah. I thought I'd seen something like a couple months ago there that was it was canceled. Some, there was some chatter that, you know, it might not happen, but I, since then, I think the, that has calmed down a bit. Okay. Okay. So NCAA tournament, like, I, I mean, we talked last week about kind of the first memories and like, I was the, I was the dork in fifth grade who, who like rushed home from school to watch, you know, the three thirty four thirteen game. Um, you know, I, I, I actually, my freshman year in college, we went to Cancun on spring break and on the first day of the tournament, me and one of my buddies actually decided we weren't going to the beach. We went to planet Hollywood and watched the NCAA tournament and saw Hampton beat <laughs> Iowa state as a 15 seed. So nice. 
Nice. Yeah, I uh, I mean, I was kind of that way, too, although I will say the great thing about growing up in Louisville was everyone was kind of that way. I mean, like, mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament was a big deal. Like, we would, I mean, like, you know, it wasn't just like you were the cool teacher if you showed it in class. You were not the cool teacher if you didn't show it in <laughs> you class. You got fired. I would say it was, like, yeah. the expectation. Like, you were a real buzzkill if we didn't get to watch basketball in your class during the NCAA tournament. And yeah. then, like, you know, I remember distinctly, like, we, we had swim practice after school, but our, our coach would, like, let us, like, swim in shifts and have a few people out of the pool nice. watch some of the game and then, like, a few people nice. in the pool. So it, it was always a big deal, and that's kind of where my love of it came from. Yeah, when I was in eighth grade, uh, Missouri was a three seed and I think had its best team in school history and lost to Northern Iowa. Um, in the first round. And I was actually like, I didn't see that game. I was in class and somebody told me, so I got out of class and went to the payphone and called my mom and asked if they really lost. And she said they did. <laughs> that was the last time Missouri has played in the NCAA tournament that I either went to school or wasn't like I I've covered it or I've just watched it as a fan every time since I, I have wow. never, uh, gone to school or worked another job, um, <laughs> you know, yeah. on, uh, on the day they played. So, um, uh, yeah, we're we're excited to have it back. Just initial, like initial thought when the bracket came out. I think uh, the exact thing I texted you and Dave Matter was, uh, well, I can't say the exact. I probably could, but I won't. Um, like, basically, they got screwed. Uh, was was yeah. my first reaction. Was that was that just instant first reaction? Yeah, that was mine too. I also like it was a scramble that this people don't really need to know this or care, but like, you know, the, the big 10 title game went late. And so, you know, I'm sitting there prepared, ready to watch, but I'm watching the selection show on a stream. Cause I don't have actual live cable. And so, um, you know, I, then I start getting like Twitter notifications and seeing everyone like blowing me up about like, Oh my gosh, it was a good And I'm like, wait, what happened? Did I miss it? And it, it was basically, it took me like five minutes to figure out what the seed was. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that was my reaction as well. Like, look, I thought this was team was going to be a seven, maybe a six, maybe an eight, but I even thought six was more likely than eight. Yeah. And then to not only see him at nine, but to see Gonzaga in the second round, first thought was definitely, man, like that, you know, it's just, that's a tough draw because it really limits the ceiling of this thing. But I think we'll, we're going to get to the point where I've since come around to thinking it, it's not the maybe worst thing in the world. I, I agree, actually, and we'll we'll talk more about that probably in a few minutes. Uh, coming up in, in about five minutes, we are actually going to have a colleague of ours on. I'm going to do my best to pronounce his last name, Bob Prisbillo, I believe. That's what I'm going to say, and he's going to correct me if I'm wrong, but it literally is one of those names that, like, the only vowel in his name is the last letter, so... He can correct me if I'm incorrect on that when he gets on the call. We'll have him yes, on. I'm just gonna put it. I'm just gonna say that my guess is Shibilo. Really? Okay. Not sure. Yeah. It seems like it could be a sh, a sh sound. I like that. That's I wouldn't have come up with that. But uh, okay. Well, the first question we're gonna ask him is like, how do we say your name? Obviously. So, um, yeah. But I was actually I was uh, on the road and I was watching the selection show on my phone and I mean. Like, I kept checking back because I didn't have much phone battery left. And every time I checked back, there was like 19 seconds left in the Ohio State-Illinois game. Then there was 17. Then there was 13. I assume there were 27 fouls in the last 40 seconds of that game. And so then the selection show comes on, and it's like, okay, they're limited, and they're just going straight to brackets. Great. Oh, wait, it's done. I don't have to watch anymore. 
I mean, it was like 20 (laughs) seconds and uh, Missouri's name was on, which I guess is better than sitting there waiting till the end. You were talking about, I mean, sort of, except that it made, it resulted in me not watching a second of this election show. Cause then I'm like, once Missouri was up, I'm like, okay, well time to write. So, (laughs) but I guess you would rather be Missouri than say the Louisville fans who are watching that show going, when are we get, Oh, Oh, we just, they just didn't call on us. We just don't get to go this year conspiracy kentucky ad (laughs) right mitch barnhart clearly um i mean somebody asked me today what the what your uh hey we've got uh bob on the call i think if i can figure out how to add him to the call oh no it says he is not on this call um so i don't know at some point he was maybe um but he is you get a notification for everyone who's not on this call because it would be a log list right that's well it just says Two of three in the call. On this call, Mitchell Forty and Gabe DeArmond. Not on this call. Okay, now we have Bob, I believe, on the call. Uh, hey, there's Bob. Bob, can you uh, can you hear and see us? I believe I can. I hope my connection lives up to it. Okay, okay. So we are going to uh, we're going to add you in. Whoa, something weird just happened. I just created like 17 different squares on our screen. But whatever, I will figure that out as we go along. So, uh, Bob, real quick, the first thing we wanted to know, um, and it, this is this is how much prep we do for this show. The first thing we wanted to know is, how the hell do we say your last name? It's a good one, right? Yeah. Priz, Prisbillo. See, Polish. Mitch, I was I right. Was pretty far. Yeah, I I don't know what Mitch said, but it was it was not that. I've heard Prizzy Bilo, Prizibolo, but there's really nothing you could have surprised me with. I feel like, frankly, all of those are closer than what Mitch said. But <laughs> I think you're right. So, so uh, Bob covers Oklahoma for Sooner Scoop, uh, which is the rival site. Does uh, the, those guys do a great job? I've known Carrie and Josh forever. And um, so, first, first things first. Here, Bob, we get on Long Kruger's Zoom call today, and the first question is: So, you know, how how big an impact are are you going to see out of uh, out of Devion Harmon, and then? Kruger just five seconds in. Oh yeah, well, funny thing, he tested positive and he's not going to play. So I assume that was kind of a shock to everybody that covers OU. Yeah, for sure. And that's one thing about Kruger though; he's very transparent. He doesn't try to hide if they had any COVID cases. It didn't do it when Brady Manick, Jalen Hill had, or when Austin Reeves, Alonis Williams went through that process. I mean, it just sort of worked out that that's the first uh, the first question, and that's sort of what Lon said, but. Yeah, Harmon, second leading scorer, really just been a spark plug throughout the entire season. Yeah, sometimes I think he would fade in the second half, but it's just a tremendous starter. Really got the team going time and time again throughout this season. Very tough to try to replace his energy and just personally just a big blow for the kid himself. He, he worked his way for them to earn the tournament berth last year, and then COVID happened. And then now he's even a bigger part of the team this year. And once again, COVID has struck and he's not going to be able to get a chance to go out there. Mm-hmm. So obviously, and, and you know, this is something that Kruger kind of covered, but as of now, it appears no other COVID cases on the team, correct? And, and just as a reminder for people, if, if there were at this point, if, if Oklahoma had to drop out, it, it would not be a replacement team. It would, it would just be a, a forfeiture. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, 
how Kruger has addressed this the entire season is just like, you know, we're not going to forfeit games. We'll just play without those players. I mean, they, mm-hmm. the rule is you have to have five. There's no doubt the Sooners are going to have five. And there's no doubt OU fans are pointing the finger at Kansas. There's no doubt in my mind that's what they believe because Davion Harmon and Jalen Wilson are high school teammates. They play together all the time. And Jalen Wilson is out for KU because of COVID. That was why they had to bow out with a big ball tournament last weekend. There's a lot of indirect connecting of the dots that they're going to have Sooner fans believe in that Wilson and Harmon, you know, nothing shady, just high school team, you know, high school teammates kind of spending time together in Kansas City. Now Wilson gets it, then Harmon gets it, and no one else on OU seems to be in any sort of issue. There's going to be a lot of people saying, that's the Jayhawks striking once again. Well, you know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So, Bob, you have joined the correct YouTube show to bash Kansas. We will just turn this over to you. You will make many fans if you just want to insult Kansas for a while. Yeah, it's just, you know, Harmon's mentioned, you know, playing against Wilson and, and how much, you know, he was kind of excited and nervous about it throughout the course of the season. But now it was their, the third meeting of them last Thursday. And, you know, and then you just find out Kansas got a bow out. And then you find out Monday that, it, oh, it's Jalen Wilson. The first thing that I started texting some other media members, watch out for Harmon. It's like, it's, <laughs> they're just super tight. They, mm-hmm. You know, when they went through COVID last spring, last summer, that's who Harmon really hung around a lot. And that's, they spent a lot of time in the gym getting ready for this season. Now, again, that's not confirmed. And you even heard, you know, Lon Kruger not deny it, but say there's no way we're ever going to know. But just for OU fans, they're, all, they're firmly going to believe that Jalen Wilson has now led to Harmon not being able to play. Gotcha. Well, uh, going, going back to the guys who are going to be on the court, um, you know, it's in my mind, this – kind of biggest thing in this matchup comes down to which team can kind of assert its style because Oklahoma likes to have, you know, five guys on the perimeter. Their, their big man is not a traditional back to the basket scorer and Brady Manick, whereas Missouri has that guy in Jeremiah Tillman. What do you think is, is the key to, to which team can kind of, you know, uh, win that kind of battle of the fives and make the other kind of adjust on the defensive end? It's gotta be the Sooners bring in the tenacity on defense. That's what they did in January. When, we talk about that historic streak of beating, you know, Kansas, Texas, Bama, three top ten teams in a row. It's because of how good they played on defense. Because I mean, it's not every game your shot comes with you. You don't shoot well every single time out. But if you bring your defense, you're always going to be in it. And just lately, they've had lapses and really terrible timing. And like the first half against Texas in the regular season finale, they played like jump. First half against Kansas, like everyone watched last Thursday. 15 points. They played like junk. And that starts with Elijah Harkless, you know, someone who wasn't even eligible going into the season, who even knew he wouldn't be eligible. He knew full well when he transferred from Cal State Northridge last spring that he was going to redshirt this year. And when the NCAA said everyone's free, they finally put him into the lineup and he worked his way into being the starter. He is the spark plug on defense. If it's Harmon on offense, it's Harkless on defense. And if he can create some havoc, some turnovers early. A lot of times the rest of the team feeds off of that, and you see them starting to lock down on defense too. The matchup everybody's going to focus on is Austin Reeves and Drew Smith. They're the leading scorers. They're the leaders of this team. Drew Smith's first-team All-SEC defense. But to me, 
especially for, I mean, this matchup is Manic and Jeremiah Tillman. Because last year when these teams played, Manic drugged Jeremiah Tillman out to the three-point line, and Tillman didn't know what to do, and Manic popped, I, I don't even remember how many it was, it was a bunch. The flip side is, when Missouri's good, they throw the ball into Tillman, and when the other team doesn't have that traditional big guy, I mean, he's capable, I think he had 36 against TCU, you know, he's capable of 25 and 15 in this game, so... I, which of those two matchups do you more look at as, as kind of going to determine the game? Because I think Smith and, and Reeves probably kind of cancel each other out. I think it's the other one that's bigger. I would agree with that, and I would agree. Uh, well, also, it's a different Brady man compared to last year. He's He went through actually testing positive for COVID, and it slowed him down considerably throughout the second half of this season. It feels like he's rounding in the form. But he mentioned flat out his self his self confidence has been up and down the entire season. And what happens is is if he's not hitting his threes when you know the pick and pops, if he's not contributing there, sometimes the rest of his game really fizzles. And I'll be curious to watch what kind of leash Lon Kruger gives Manic in the first half. You know, if Brady doesn't hit his first couple of shots. Do they go with Kirk West? Again, he's not a back-to-the-basket player. Kirk West is not going to score 10 to 12 points. But he's much better as in terms of being a rim protector. He's going to block at least one or two shots. And so it, it will be very interesting to see if managed offense can carry the day compared to what everyone usually sees as his lack of defense. Like That's been the problem a lot, too, here going down the stretch is that if Manic doesn't bring the offense, well, Quest doesn't bring the offense either. So you sometimes end up playing four on five and never getting any real production from that five spot. Bob, uh, you know, in a lot of ways, Missouri and Oklahoma are in very similar positions, being that they just didn't finish. They, they were, you know, in position to get a top four seed at that midseason reveal and they did not finish the season well. Missouri lost six of its last nine. Oklahoma lost five of its last six. Um, I mean, you, you kind of already got into the reasons for, for Oklahoma's slide with the defense. How likely and plausible do you think it is that Oklahoma could get back to being the team we saw, I don't know, January, February? It's not likely. It's really not. When you lose Harmon, that doesn't make it any easier for you. It just, it, it, you need to see more trust. And we talk about defense. We'll switch to the offense. And with Austin Reeves, I don't know if you guys paid attention at all, but he took the last eight shots against Kansas. I mean, you just, you need to trust other teammates. And the debate has raged on for the last few weeks. Is Austin Reeves doing this because he's the only person who can do it? Or is he doing it because he's not allowing anyone else to try to help him go down the stretch? First 35 minutes, this offense is fun. It's free-flowing. The ball movement is crisp. Last five minutes, it's slowly walk up the court, wait till there's about 10 seconds left on the shot clock, and then try to make a move. And now, it hasn't been very effective. They have been, you know, and the thing that Lon Kruger brought up is there's not that big of a difference. You know, Reeves did hit the game winner in Morgantown. He's, you know, he's been a guy that's come up big in the clutch time and time again. He just hasn't done it during these last couple of weeks. And you should, I think that was what uh, my colleague was pointing out by asking about Harmon. I think a lot of people are waiting for Harmon to become that second option. And now that is not even possible throughout the course of this weekend. So you sort of wonder, will anyone really take the initiative to try to become that second option or will they even 
just rely on Reeves even more than what they had throughout the last five, six games. I mean, none of this sounds familiar at all. Team that was, you know, hoping for a three seed, collapsed down the stretch, no offense in the last five minutes. None of this is, is familiar. So these two teams should just have intra-squad scrimmages in, in Indianapolis and tell each other who won rather than playing each other because they're just facing each other. Bob, we were talking about before you got on, I mean, the kind of the reaction in Columbia during the selection show, A, when you're the fourth team on the board, it's not really a show. It's just like, oh, the show's over. Let's go to work. But also, not only a nine seed, which was lower than Missouri was was expecting, but you can't help but kind of look at that other team that's above you and go, well, even if they win on Saturday, it's probably isn't going to be more than a two-game tournament. So what was the reaction in Norman to the eight seed and then the Missouri-Gonzaga draw? A lot of the reaction was just we put ourselves in this spot. We mm-hmm. did it to ourselves. We had chances. You win against Kansas State. I mean, and you look at that. The loser of five of the last six, none of them are by more than seven points. Right. They had chances to come out with a big defensive stop, make a big shot here. Maybe you've only lost three of six instead of five, and you're six seed instead of an eight. I think between six and eight is what everyone really thought. I Maybe the six because they had five top 15 wins. So that's not bad, including that one against Bama that kept yeah. looking better and better throughout the course of the season. When you don't have a lot of non-conference chances, and you make the most of one, that's really going to, you know, you can spotlight that a lot. But, you know, they, like, they did it to themselves. They, they understood it. Everyone's saying the same thing. Clean slate, fresh start. Right. But then you then you look, not only are you an eight seed, you're the last number eight seed because you're paired up with Gonzaga. I, it's not that, you know, you want to play the Illini and, or <laughs> Baylor. You want you probably want to play Michigan with livers being hurt and them not looking as good. But, you're with Gonzaga, and it's like, well, you know, we might get this one, but yeah, by Monday night, we're probably flying home to Norman no matter what. I mean, oh, you did fall apart a little bit late, but if they could get Steve Prom and Iowa State back in this tournament, they're in good shape. Like, they beat Iowa State <laughs> like a bunch in the last month. <laughs> That's the only team they've beaten since February 13th. Wow. That is humbling. eerie to say or just strange yeah. to say, but I mean, they had that, the, that first top 16 show, they're a three seed. Mm-hmm. They win in Morgantown. So you're like, oh, you had fans around here talking two seed. Yep. And, and then Same. it turns out the rest of the season, the only wins they get, which are two, and it's Iowa State, both times. It really is eerie how similar these two teams sound. I mean, we had the same thing. We had people talking, what could Minsu do to get a one seed? And then now it's, you know, they brought this on themselves with the seeding. Bob, you know, you've talked about a few different, uh, you know, aspects of of what needs to happen for Oklahoma to try to make up for the absence of Harmon and make this competitive. I guess just, you know, if you were to narrow it down to to one or two kind of keys, what would you pick? Uh, Mo Gibson and Alondis Williams have to return to the form that they've had throughout the middle half of the season. What I wondered about Gibson and Harkless going back to them is that they transferred in. And so I wonder if the Big 12 grind eventually caught up to them. You know, you're at North Texas, Cal State, Northridge, and you're going through your own conferences in years past. But there's always, you, you got to feel like the level of competition would just raise up a whole nother level, like the entire. Time. There wasn't that where you just take a breath, get a couple of gimmies, and then you knew you had to get up for a couple of those big, those big games. Every single game was a big one, and I felt like Gibson and Harkless, they kind of went up, they went down. Gibson, you know, Mo uh, played two full games 
last week in Kansas City, it's not like Lon Saddams, not like he got hurt. He made one shot combined in those two games, and they need a lot more from him. And Alondis Williams, okay, he comes off of COVID, he was positive, and his grandmother dies early last week to where he flies to Kansas City the morning they play Iowa State. So he still goes through everything, but you wonder where he was at mentally last week. But those those are the guys. Those are the ones that you're going to be counting on to step up with without Harmon. The, the depth was something that we talked a lot about in terms of being a strength for OU throughout the first two months of the season. It's really shrunk. That bench has gotten a lot shorter. And it, I, you know, I can only I can see them going with like six or seven on on Saturday and hoping that that's that's going to have to be enough at this point. So it's an eight, nine game between two identical teams. I mean, they play 10 times, they might split five and five, but what I think both these teams have to now look at this weekend and say, Hey, if we get to Monday night and we're facing Gonzaga, that's successful regardless of what happens after that. But would OU fans view that as a successful season? I mean, if they beat Missouri bow out in a whatever type of game against Gonzaga, do they view that as a success or is that kind of, eh, that's a little hollow. It's a little hollow for the majority of the fans just because OU set them up for failure, I guess, by <laughs> thinking they would be a two seed. It's not like they made this charge to go from like 11 seed to an eight and everyone's feeling good. There were these expectations of just, you know, just got way overblown about how this team was playing and how good they could really be. If you would have told them, obviously, in November, in October, you're an eight seed, you win the first round, you go down to the number one seed. Mm-hmm. Everyone takes that. They just don't take it after what they uh, show throughout the first couple of, first couple months of the season. But, you know, there's there's a lot to like on this team coming back. We don't know in terms of what seniors will return, who will take advantage of the COVID situation. There's four seniors, four of the uh, Sooners, and they've got a couple nice signees coming in. At the at the guard position, they still need help in the post, and that doesn't matter what uh, what happens. And that's why I think Tillman will be another reminder of OU's shortcomings in terms of the the bigs, in terms of their presence and the boards and, and just cleaning it all up. It's been an issue for the last two three years, and I think it'll rear its ugly head once again Saturday. Um, you know, the, the one thing, you know, one difference kind of maybe in these two teams is, is Oklahoma definitely, I, I think, inarguably had, had a bit tougher league schedule. I mean, the Big 12 was was a bit of a meat grinder this year. Obviously, a few teams at the bottom who weren't very good, but a lot of good depth at the top. Is that something that you think, I mean, can that help this team when they come into to a tournament setting? Or is that something that, you know, you're beat up a little bit to the point that it maybe is a disadvantage coming into a situation like this? I think it can help, but they just need to execute going down the stretch because what's weird is that the last three, four weeks, you could like not watch the first 35 minutes. Just get us the last five minutes. It's going to be tight. It's going to be like a three or five point game. Then what happens going down the stretch? And it wouldn't surprise me if Saturday works out just like that too. And it's just about the, the, the lack of valuing each possession, I think has driven Lon nuts in the last month. He's talked about it every post game. Like we're not valuing the possession, and you know that gets magnified, especially when you get to the uh, tournament. And they are battle tested. There's no doubt about that. It's not like they're mentally weak, and it's not like it. It doesn't feel as if they packed it in. They stop listening to Lon, and they're ready for the season to be over with. But there's just a missing ingredient 
for you know all the stuff that went right in January compared to all the things that have gone wrong during the last three four weeks. Well, we'll close this out, Bob. I don't know how long you've you followed OU, but I just want to say I would not like I don't gamble on sports, but I would clearly not bet on this game. Here's what I want to bet on: I want somebody to find me the prop bet that I can get that at some point during this game, we see the video clip of Billy Tubbs saying, no matter how bad the officiating is, don't throw things on the floor. We're a hundred. If we don't see that TNT has failed in broadcasting this game. Oh, for sure. It's one of the first things the official OU men's basketball Twitter account put out there Sunday night. We know full well, this is going to come up time and time again. The other thing will be, of course, that these teams don't play once in the tournament. That's what led OU get into the Final Four, That's 2002. Right. There's no doubt you, you, there should be a prop bet for at least one and a half of of those two things. They've, they've got to show them. There's no no question about it. it it's it's sad that Billy Tubbs won't be able yeah. to be there in, uh, in person, but it's a legendary moment, and you know full well. Honestly, the way these two teams have played, I might just watch that video on a loop for two hours. It would be more entertaining, possibly. So, <laughs> Certainly been times where it has felt like that, for sure. All right. Well, Bob, appreciate your time, man. Thanks so much, and, uh, and let us know if we can help you out uh, going forward this week. All right, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Have a Thanks, good one. Bob. That is Bob Prisbillo from Soonerscoop.com. That is the Oklahoma rival site. And seriously, like if I think of rival sites not very good, I just kind of will gloss over it. The guys at OU do a great job. I've been friends with them for a long time. And and you should check out their coverage of, uh, of the OU side of things. We posted the video of of Lon Kruger and Austin Reeves today, but they'll have much more from, from that side and kind of what the effect of, uh, of Harmon out. I mean – Seriously, Mitch, if we went on an Oklahoma show and did an interview, we would just say all the same things that Bob just said about OU. It's it's, it's a mirror incredible. Image. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I knew these teams were similar in the sense of, you know, they, they were in that top 16 group in mid-February and then ended up, uh, you know, on the 8-9 line at the end of the season. Didn't close the season very well. But the, the similarities even beyond that were pretty striking uh, with, you know, talking about getting in, a, you know, a lot of close games, defense not as good down the stretch, <laughs> yeah. how the fans reacted. I mean, it, it really is kind of like looking in a mirror. The yeah. one advantage now, obviously, is, you know, Oklahoma's going to be shorthanded. Right. And here's the other difference, I think. Like, literally since February 2nd, Iowa State has one win – or Oklahoma has one win not over Iowa State. I mean – Missouri beat Florida. You know, they true, beat – uh, Georgia's not great, but they're better than Iowa State. Like, Missouri has decent wins. Now, the other difference, I think, is that OU literally has one bad loss all year. They lost to Kansas State, but the rest of their losses are Kansas, Texas, Texas Tech, you know, teams like that. They don't have the old Miss, Mississippi State. I, I think maybe mm-hmm. that's a good sign for Missouri. They play to the level of their competition. So It sounds maybe yeah. like Oklahoma does too, but – yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, I, I would almost guarantee it'll be kind of like Bob said, where you, you, you really don't need to watch the first 35 minutes. In, at some point in the last five, six minutes, right. it's going to be a one possession game. And then whoever makes a few plays down the stretch wins. Um, you know, I will say, I do think, I feel like, you know, like theoretically, and, and I know, you know, these players weren't here for all of this stuff, but like theoretically, I feel like this game should mean a little more to Missouri. I mean, like these Oklahoma guys have been in the NCAA tournament yeah. before. Um, you know, that program has experienced success beyond that point. I'm not saying they're not going to be fired up, but like this should be a like 
very, I mean, like, you know, obviously a huge moment for Missouri. I would expect they'll be relatively excited to play. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, you would think they'd get their best effort. And look, I think we think everybody watching this show is probably going to watch the Missouri game from wire to wire. But yeah, if I was just telling a friend of mine, like who just, what should I do for this Missouri game? I would a hundred percent say just flip channels for, from six twenty five to like eight ten, and then tune in. And it's going to be, I mean, Missouri's going to somehow have made this into a four point game, whether they've come back from a 20 point deficit or given up a 20 point lead, it's going to be a four point game. And, and then you'll find out what happens in, in the final four minutes. But it, it, Look, I mean, we're joking, but I mean, it should be competitive. I think it should be a good game. You know, eight, nine games are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it'll be close. And, uh, you know, kind of circling back to something I was saying before the we we had Bob on, like, you know, while this draw as a whole maybe is a little frustrating for Missouri fans, you could do a lot worse than drawing Oklahoma in the first round. I mean, you know, I mean, if we're talking about oh, yeah. Loyola or, you know, um, Georgia Tech or, you know, LSU again, like, although they played LSU close last time, like, I'm feeling a lot less confident about this being a close game. So I definitely do think, it, you know, if the goal is to win a game, which is obviously step one for this program, they, they should, I think they should definitely have a fighting chance at the minimum. So it's kind of like Bob was saying. I know Missouri fans, if they even if they beat Oklahoma and lose to Gonzaga, even if it's fairly competitive, are going to look back and say, yeah, but look where we were two months ago. I get that. But to me, if you're playing on Monday night, look, this – I'm not going to say it's an outright success, but it's at least progress and a step forward. Absolutely, yeah. And Conzo said that today. Um, he, you know, he, he said, like, look, you know, like, that's kind of the next step for this program. And generally, you have to do things in a process. Like, sometimes you can skip some steps, but not always. And they kind of skipped some steps in year one. And it kind of, you know, they had to almost <laughs> reverse and do that uh, the next couple of years. But yeah, like, this, this program hasn't won an NCAA tournament game in 11 years. That's clearly progress to win one. And, you know, and honestly, like, you know, there's you can't you almost you can't get upset no matter what happens Monday night because right. like Gonzaga blows everyone out. Maybe Mizzou, yeah, you know, plays well and and it's close with like at the under eight timeout. It's like a five point game with under eight timeout. Like that that's more entertainment than you probably would have expected well, to get out of this tournament. And, and look, I wrote this on Monday, and I firmly this is not like look, I would not pick Missouri to beat Gonzaga, and if they lose the game by twenty five points, it wouldn't be shocking. Much better teams than Missouri have lost that game by 25 points. But every year, there's two things that happen. First of all, a one seed always gets pushed in the second round. I mean, I, I looked up today for something I was doing. The the UNLV team that was like, you know, 35-1 and one or whatever. Did they beat Ball State by two points in the Sweet 16? The, you get pushed somewhere. I remember Kansas losing to UTEP. Uh, the year Missouri went to the Elite Eight in 2002, they went there because eight-seed UCLA beat the top-seed Cincinnati. So it happens. And I'm not saying Missouri's going to win that game, but one of those one-seeds is going to get pushed on Monday night. And if you're Conzo Martin or if you're Lon Kruger and you get there, you just say, I, I mean, it's a why-not-us game. I mean, somebody's going to get pushed. Why, why we can't do it? Yeah, and Mizzou's been good in those spots this year. So, yeah, I totally agree. I, I think, 
I think I could see that game being competitive, but I think not only is a one seed going to get pushed in the second round, I predict a one seed is going to lose in the second round. I, I assume tease. I assume the one seed you're picking to lose. Let's kind of go into more just tournament talk because I mean, look, we've spent 40 minutes talking Mizzou, Oklahoma, and the whole game's only going to last two hours. So let's uh, let's branch yeah. out a little bit. I assume the one seed you've got losing first is Michigan. <laughs> Right? It is, but I'll be honest. I don't know which team I'm picking to beat them. I've just You're just picking somebody Michigan to beat them. I think Michigan without Isaiah Livers is vulnerable, and I don't, yeah, I think both of those teams, LSU and St. Bonaventure, are pretty good. Um, I, I, it probably, if what team's going to beat Michigan, has to be LSU. But I, I really wouldn't be surprised at all if LSU messes around and loses to St. Bonaventure. Oh, so you can see my conundrum there. Right. Well, so, I yeah, it's I picked LSU in that game because. 100%, if you said name someone on St. Bonaventure, I could not do it. Um, I know their head coach is named Mark Schmidt, and the only reason I know that is because people were pushing him for the Boston College job. But that, that that's the extent Correct. of my St. Bonaventure knowledge. So I picked LSU in round one. Um, I have no idea if they'll win. I could definitely see Michigan losing. I almost picked them to lose. I picked them to lose in the Sweet 16 to Florida State. Um, like They're the one seed that everybody looks at and goes, yeah, they're not making it, right? Right. Well, especially without, I mean, Isaiah Livers is right. a good player and you know, they, I, I forget exactly, but I saw a stat with the record with him without him, like the last two it, years. It's, it's 33 it's and nine with him and six and seven without him. Yeah. There we go. Sad man came prepared. I, um, actually, so, yeah, I just I listened mean, to Gary Parrish's podcast yesterday. So. All right. That's perfect. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, uh, I, uh, oh, Bob Douglas coming through. Bob Douglas wow. hooks us up. Love that. Yeah. Thank you, Bob. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, you are 100% going to end up going to a wedding with Bob after this show runs its course. Is that now an order from you? I don't, I, no, I don't, I don't know. Part of my job. I'm not saying it's going to be your wedding or, and Bob's wedding, but like you will go to a wedding with Bob, I assume at some point. So. Okay. Well, I assume I won't, but I mean, who knows? Thanks, Bob. Um, yeah. Basically, what I my 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 issue with my bracket right now is I, I hate it because I have the chalkiest Final Four ever. So I'm trying to spice it up elsewhere. So that's yeah. one area I've decided I will. So I, I my bracket I found because the the thing I designed for Power Mizzou it heavily weighs upsets. You know, like you get mm-hmm. rewarded big time for upsets. So I found myself picking teams to win that I don't think are going to win. But like mm-hmm. I picked a 10 seed over a seven seed because I said, well, I mean, the seven seed's probably not going to win the next game anyway. So I might as well pick mm-hmm. the 10 seed and get some bonus points. So I, I, I pick things that, but here's, here's the thing I hate most about the NCAA tournament. I don't want to get texts about your bracket. I don't want to read tweets about your bracket. Like, I don't root for my bracket. I, I mean, sure, I'd like yeah. to win, but I just root for good games. And if I've got, I've got Gonzaga winning the national title, right? If I've got this, this is a bad example because they could play Missouri. But I've got Illinois in the national semifinal. If Illinois is down three points to Loyola Chicago in the second round, I will one hundred percent root for Loyola Chicago to win that game, and I don't care about my stupid bracket contest. 
So yeah, I, t- I tend to agree. I root for my bracket for sure. Like in the first rounds, it's fun. You know, it's just it's a way to have a rooting interest in every game, which I think is what part of what makes the tournament fun. But yes, there are certain situations where like I don't care what I picked. If I got a chance to see UMBC take down Virginia, yes. who I had in the final four, like absolutely, I'm pulling right. for that to happen. I, um, I was I, a, I do I I was a little pissed off when I had Georgetown in the national final and they lost to Dunk City. A little bit, because like you know, uh, that was amazing. You, you must not have watched. That I game. didn't watch that game. No, likeable. I was. They were the most likable team I've ever seen. I think I was covering a game at that point, but I could be wrong. Yeah, probably so. They were incredibly likable. But yeah. uh, anyway, um, yeah, like I, I, my thing on so I hate. I do. I get very fatigued of of seeing the the texts and tweets about, or mainly the tweets about people's brackets. My rule is, you're allowed to text me about your bracket if we are in the same bracket pool. Like, Fair. that's cool. Like, we're, you know, that means we know each other pretty well and right. we're like directly competing against each other. And generally, the texts are just about commiserating. So that's fine. Like, I, you know, it's generally not like, oh, dude, my bracket's doing so good. Then I'll be annoyed. But, <laughs> right, right. Look, I'm taking your money. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. So you said you've got a chalk final four. Like, let's just go through it. We'll, we'll go bracket by bracket with the I, we're not gonna pick every game nobody wants to sit and listen to two idiots pick every game on a podcast but um now i can't even find the bracket but okay here it is what do you have out of the west which is the gonzaga missouri region i'm going to assume that you have gonzaga in the final four yeah it, i mean that one's too easy man like it, it's it's gonzaga's already beat all the teams in right. the region so. they yeah. beat the two three and four seed by double figures in that region yeah, so that's Gonzaga. That one's an yeah. easy one. By the way, neither the two or the three seed is getting to the Elite Eight. I have Gonzaga beating Oregon in the Elite Eight. Oh, me too. That's a, that's annoying. Nice. I thought I was being sneaky there. Nice. Okay, uh, well, Kansas might get COVID. They might not play. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just don't ever trust Iowa. I don't know why. I just never trust them. Well, they don't play defense. That's a fair reason to not trust them. Yeah, good enough. Uh Okay, so flip on the other side, uh, the South region, which is basically Baylor, Ohio State. Um, I don't know. There is no three seed in this region. Arkansas, Purdue, Arkansas, that region. Yeah. What do you have? I hate this region. I hate it. And I'm telling you right now, something goofy is going There's to happen not in this region. good teams, like, really. No, I don't trust any of these teams. On, oh, I, have, I had no idea here. Purdue was a four seed until I looked at the bracket like, on I Monday think, morning. Like something like a Utah State or something's going to come out of this region. That's what's in the final happen. four. It's going to be something super goofy. Yeah, but I, I can't figure out which team is going to do it. Like I, I just I don't trust Baylor. I mean, I, Winthrop. I think Baylor's a good team. And they were really good for a little while there. That's true. I do like Winthrop. Yeah. Um, you know, but they they've been they've not been playing that well lately. Ohio State has some clear flaws. Arkansas, I I just don't think that good. Maybe it's because I only watch them play Missouri, Missouri <laughs> right, and they apparently right. don't play very well. So like I'm like searching for a team to pick here, but I don't trust any of them. I want to. Yeah. I'm thinking I might pick Utah State, but as of I, now, I have Baylor. I mean, I picked Ohio State and I hate it. Like I don't. Yeah. A, I don't want to root for them. B, I don't think they're going to get to the Final Four, but I don't know who is. I think in both these first two regions, I know in Missouri's region, I picked the 12 and the 13 seed to both win. Uh, no, I picked Creighton to win, but I picked Ohio to beat Virginia. Uh, I also so picked I. COVID to beat similar Virginia. Brackets. Yeah, and I think yeah. I actually picked both Winthrop and North Texas. I had to I had to shout out Ren Baker and Pitt pick north texas yeah in this region. obviously I, I got winthrop but i got purdue the the best thing i saw about this region um because arkansas plays colgate 
is uh, mm-hmm. Arkansas versus toothpaste is a battle that's been waged for a hundred years. <laughs> so I, I thought that was a pretty good tweet. That was the best thing I saw. Um, okay. So we know we don't have Michigan. So who do you have out of the, the, I guess it's the East region. Yeah. I think this region behind Michigan is, is pretty loaded. I, I like a few of the teams in there. I got Alabama, but I, I also Same. like go back and forth, you know, I like they are, they're a complete team in that they, they don't have to have the threes to beat you. But I am part of me is wondering if they feasted on a less than amazing SEC just because right. every important game they played outside the SEC, they lost. But I'm going with Bama. I currently have Bama. I think I might change it. I might end up picking Florida State because, yeah, A, I, I want somebody that's below a two seed. And also because I'm realizing as we're talking through this that I've picked three teams to the final four, and I actually don't think two of them are probably going to get there. So um, that's, <laughs> that an issue. that's not a great way to go. Um, yeah, I mean, Iona, they could make a run with Rick Pitino. Um, that would be popular Never in the state of Kentucky. Uh, Georgetown could make, you know, they had won eight games before last week. So I picked them yeah, to beat Colorado I, though. Cause I don't I, know I, anything I, about I Colorado. I don't really either, but I just don't, I refuse to believe Georgetown's good. Here's the extent <laughs> of my knowledge about Colorado. They do not have Chauncey Billups on the team. That's all I know about them. So that is uh, correct. That okay. Is correct. Last region is the, it, you might've seen this on Twitter. All the teams are orange, right? It's like Illinois, Tennessee, they Oklahoma are, yeah. State, Clemson. Clemson, uh, Syracuse. Yeah, so somebody asked Rick Barnes on his call today if he was worried his players would throw the ball to the wrong team because all the teams are orange. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I generally hate the like weird off-the-wall press conference questions. I'm like, right. come on, we're just here. people are here to do their job. But that's, that's worthwhile. It I was pretty it. Good. What did he say? I didn't see the answer. I only saw the question. So oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I've got Illinois out of this region. I, I think I they're the best too, team. Although I'm, I'm, I'm furious with the selection committee for putting Oklahoma state in this region and not the one above it, because I could, then I could have someone to pick right. the one above it. And I really like Oklahoma like, state. And I think that sweet 16 game could be a lot of fun, but I can't pick against Illinois right now. They're, they're playing really, really well. I mean, Oklahoma state clearly got screwed. Yeah. Right, I as think a so. I mean, state? They, yeah, I mean, they just they beat West Virginia twice in like the last month, so yeah. that kind of makes no sense. Yeah, uh, so they'll obviously lose to Liberty. Uh, Tennessee yeah, will I, obviously I, lose to Oregon State. I'd have said that same thing. I've said I, I texted a friend of mine and said I I was so high on Oklahoma State, and now I'm seeing everyone else so high on Oklahoma State. Pick Liberty. It's just it, that's just <laughs> how these things work. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, I somehow have Houston to the Elite Eight. I that's stupid, but. I don't know, whatever. I, I, Akeem sure. and I, Clyde I think, are coming back. Yeah, I think I have a vacant spot in that elite eight, bottom elite eight spot right now. Like, I'll I'll figure that out at some point. Like, I I think I've I mean, rotated between. You're three you're aware the games there. start tomorrow, right? Oh yeah, but I, I think I think we have till Friday to lock in some picks. Okay. I don't really know. Okay, uh, Sam Smith is He'll wanting to know there. how many SEC teams make this Sweet Sixteen. So, I've got Bama definitely in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, I think I've got Tennessee in the sweet 16. I think I actually no. maybe haven't beaten Oklahoma state. I don't know if I do or not. I'll have to look. Uh, I just said, you know, no, I, I don't. You would just Oklahoma state was in there. Yeah, I don't. Uh, okay. so I, I do have Arkansas in the sweet 16. I have them beaten Texas tech. Do you have that? 
I, I, I can't decide. Yes, I have that as of now, but I, I reserve the right to change that. Okay, so I have only two SEC teams in the Sweet 16. The I, only one I have I losing in the have, first round is Florida, though. Yeah, I have Florida losing in the first round. I have currently have three SEC teams in my Sweet 16. LSU is in there as well. Um, but again, I reserve the right to. I, I can't decide what I want to do with that that South region. I, I See, might decide Arkansas is losing to Texas Tech or Utah State. We do know. the bracket completely opposite. Like we're on day four of having a bracket, and you're not done with yours. I fill the thing out in like twelve minutes, and I never go back and change anything. I'm just like, eh, I'll yeah. just do it on a whim. That may be a reason I legitimately never won one of these things. <laughs> I fill one. I'll usually try to fill one out Sunday night, and then I'll. Take some time to stew, and but really in like between days one and whenever it's due, I don't actually really do anything. You know, I just kind of right. like I, I'm like yeah, I'm thinking about it, but I don't really actually like do much research other than maybe listen to a podcast. So yeah. then it just comes time to like you know actually submit it, and I just make a, a few random changes and send it in. Yeah, uh, a I don't know a name I can't pronounce uh, wants to know if this is the year we get revenge on Norfolk state. I feel like that would be a hell of a story if it was Missouri Norfolk state in the second round. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know this Norfolk state loss. If that happened, that might actually be even more painful than the last one. I'm not sure, but oh, it's I, possible. Yeah. I think it, I think it kind of would. I don't Yeah. I mean, not, cause you'd be not, staring that at team, that free pass that to the was, sweet 16. Right, that team was a legitimate, you know, Final Four contender. This one, maybe not. Uh, but yes, that but, yeah, the free pass to the Sweet Sixteen, and you know, the fact that it would have happened twice. <laughs> but I mean, if like just for the hell of it, if Norfolk State wins that game, it beats. Also, if we're Norfolk, talking about Norfolk State winning two games. By right, the way, correct. So, <laughs> well, they they just warm up against App State. Um, they get their legs right. under them, and that's a huge advantage. But like. I mean, this is what we do on this show. We talk about stupid things that are never going to happen. So just to pretend, of course, Missouri is not a Final Four contender. But if Norfolk State beats Gonzaga, Missouri actually is a Final Four contender. Because then, I, they, guess, yeah. I, I mean, then you got to beat Norfolk to get to the Sweet 16. I already I have them playing like I, I have Ohio that's in the true. Sweet 16. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's and then I have Oregon who they've already beaten. What if what if they had a, a, a tournament road of, of Oklahoma, Norfolk State, Ohio slash UC Santa Barbara and Oregon? That is that would be favorable. <laughs> and it's not impossible. I mean the Norfolk part I mean, is impossible. But that's it, not happening. There is like a point one percent chance. I, I wanna say the night that Maryland Baltimore County beat Virginia, we were at the Missouri Florida State game, is that right? You were. I was not, but yes. You were not down there? Okay. No, I think you covered it with Keegan. Oh, that's right. I had promised Keegan he was going to the tournament. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we were like, I didn't because Florida State got up like 22 points or whatever. And I'm like, well, cool. I can just watch Virginia, Baltimore County for a little while. And then Missouri ended up making it close enough that we at least had to pay attention um, for a few yeah. minutes. Um, <laughs> Case would rather play Gonzaga than Norfolk State so as not to get the flashbacks. <laughs> um this year is a bonus because the NCAA doesn't have Kansas playing its games half an hour from Lawrence. I mean, that's true, but also, like, Kansas generally has earned that right. Like, they don't put 12-seed Kansas in Kansas City usually. Um, you know, so – but Kansas better – Kansas might want to go ahead and and get a banner now because, like, I feel like it might be a minute before they get a chance at another one. 
Maybe. We'll see. Uh, I'm still not sold. To this it it actually might not be now. done before next year's tournament. Right. Right. So. That's, that's, yeah, very possible. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, rolling through. Uh, okay. Nick wants to know if Mitchell Smith will guard Brady Manic. I, I, he will some. Um, right. So the, th- I mean, yeah, the thing is though, if Mitchell Smith is guarding Manic, then Tillman's probably not in the game. And, the, and I think Missouri's the one who's at a disadvantage. Like kind of, you know, going back to, I, I mentioned this in my question to Bob earlier. Like, I think the single biggest thing in this game is which team kind of can force its style upon the other one's big man. Like if right. Tillman is a force down low, if they get him going and he's just dominating Brady Manick. Ohio State has to adjust and put in that other dude who Bob mentioned who's not much of a scoring threat. If Brady Manick knocks down three straight threes and Tillman isn't scoring on him on the other end, Mizzou probably has to go to Mitchell Smith, and then it's missing its most important player down low, and the offense gets harder to run. Well, and I don't know if if it's even so much as which big man plays his style. Because I feel like we're kind of back to, I don't know, good Jeremiah going to show up or bad Jeremiah going to show up? Because if, exactly. if bad, I don't really care Jeremiah shows up. Missouri's going to lose this game. But if mm-hmm. good Jeremiah shows up, he can have 25 and 15 in this game. So Yeah, no, I I, I definitely agree. Um, KM wants to know, what do you expect Mizzou to do in terms of matchups? More likely to see Kobe on Manic, put Mark Smith on Reeves. Now, Drew Smith's going to guard Austin Reeves, right? I mean, I don't. Yes, I, yes. I think Drew Smith will guard Austin Reeves for every second Austin Reeves is on the court. Unless, I agree. unless Drew, I don't know if you noticed in that Zoom today, Drew said he's really good at getting fouled. Well, mm-hmm. that could be a problem because Drew fouls a little bit. Yeah, he does. That's true. You know, so if I feel like, I feel like if Drew gets two in the first half, like you got to switch him off. You can't take him off the court, but you got to switch him off no, of yeah. Austin Reeves. hundred percent. You don't take him off the floor. Yeah. No, no I agree. He plays four. Yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's been, he's been much less foul prone lately. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so, and I meant to bring this up with Bob kind of, we'll wrap it up talking about bringing it back more to this game. So in looking at OU's numbers, here's what I figured out. They do two things really well. They don't turn the ball over and they don't foul very much. So I, I think that actually kind of causes Missouri some problems because Missouri's good when they get points off turnovers and at the free throw line because what they're not very good at is shooting in half-court offense. I think yep. Oklahoma's going to make them be good at half-court offense to win this game unless they just play an uncharacteristic game. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like when I first kind of sat down and looked at this, I, I just didn't think it, I didn't think it was the most favorable matchup for Missouri. Obviously, losing – Devian Harmon hurts Oklahoma quite a bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they're going to have to find a way to execute in the half court, whether that's a few guys stepping up and knocking down some threes, whether that's, you know, being able to go through through Tillman, like we've mentioned, whether it's Xavier Pinson being the good version of himself and, and being able to get to the rim and create for others. One of those things or, or multiple of those things is going to have to be working. Otherwise, Mizzou could, uh, you know, have this do this thing where they go like seven minutes without scoring. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, they're going to do that at some point in this game. They're they're going at minimum of four minutes without scoring. Uh, Shannon wants to know if we're going to cover the spring game. So yeah, what well, Mitch is actually leaving for Indianapolis tomorrow. He will be not in the bubble because he's not allowed, but he will be in the city yeah. of Indianapolis for mm-hmm. as long as Missouri is. I will cover the spring game on Saturday afternoon. Then uh, come back to my house when that is done and do pregame and postgame here on this fine YouTube channel that we have uh, for Mizzou 
Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, we will be doing that on Saturday, double duty. We didn't really talk about the spring game tonight because, uh, look, guys, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I know there's a lot of people who are bigger football fans, but I refuse to talk about a football practice when Missouri is actually in the NCAA tournament. And, like, I, I think and, – and I'm not going to get – you know, I, I heard, like, we were laughing about this, uh, the podcast I do with Neil and Jay, we were laughing about how college basketball media gets a little over over the top, right, uh, about, you know, hey, basketball, and it's the greatest thing ever, and this is March, and all this crap. I actually heard one media member, or saw one media member tweet that he was getting nervous at the beginning of the selection show, which I didn't really understand. Like, I don't know who he's nervous for. Like, like, we aren't getting selected. I, I wasn't nervous that I wouldn't be able to cover the tournament, you know. Um, but so I'm not going there. But but my point is, long way of getting here. Like, I, I, I'm just so glad to have this back. Like, I cannot wait. I am going to watch the first four tomorrow night. I've never watched the first four. The first four is stupid and I hate it. I'm watching it tomorrow night. I might even stay. I might even stay up past 10 o'clock to watch it. Wow, well, you're going to have to because I, I think that last game Michigan tips State off UCLA like tips off at 8.50. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's problematic. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited too. And there will be plenty of time for us to talk football before the season starts yeah. uh we will we will have tons of football discussion but yeah it's uh it's it's the best time of the year for basketball so hopefully everyone can enjoy it so we're gonna close it with this look we're not gonna neither one of us would predict that missouri is still playing this time next week i mean it is not impossible but neither one of us will predict it so just gut reaction is missouri playing monday night I think so. I'm going with yes. I was 50-50 before the Harmon news, and you know, I'm sure Oklahoma has you know other players on their team. I'm not super <laughs> familiar with their their bench, but like you know, that that still seems like it's a significant loss, and it's like the, the type of thing that you know I think in a really close game goes ahead and shifts the balance a little bit. You know, Missouri, like I said, I, I, they should be. I mean, you would certainly think they'll be ready to play. Um, so I'll go with the Tigers. Yeah, this is the equivalent of Xavier Pinson not playing basically. And mm -hmm. if Xavier Pinson doesn't play, I'm going to pick Oklahoma, you know? So mm -hmm. I, I picked Missouri. I did it for the one point bonus in my bracket uh, for the upset, <laughs> but I, I, I think Missouri's going to win. And look, we've talked before when it's a 50, 50 toss up, what good does it do to, for us to come on here and, and pick against Missouri? Right. So there's yeah, a little well, the bit good of it could do is you all should be mad at me. Cause my picks on Missouri games this season have been just <laughs> awful. Like in my daily preview game day preview things, I think I'm, I'm, I'm like, I mean, straight up, not even talking about against the spread, like straight up. I'm, I for sure have a losing record. I'm going to give you a hint. If you're still doing this next year, pick Ole Miss. Okay. Yeah, to be Missouri. We're, we're pretty sure about that. So, all right, guys, uh, appreciate you watching. Uh, one more time before you go, hit the like button. Uh, tell people about the show and also tell people about 573tees.com. They've been great to us all year long. We're going to keep doing this show. I mean, basketball's over probably by this time next week. Football's basically over by this time next week. But we're going to keep doing this show every week because, uh, because they're good partners and, and we want to point you their way and, Look, I don't know. It might actually be fun. We might make stuff up that that's enjoyable to talk about, or it might suck. We might just get on for 10 minutes every Wednesday and be like, I, I got nothing. But uh, hopefully you'll be here and check it out with us. Uh, Mitch, uh, enjoy Indianapolis. It's going to be kind of weird, but I don't know. Get some shrimp cocktail delivered to your room or something. For sure. Get some Shapiro's. 
<laughs> Absolutely. Actually, just bring Shapiro's back. Like, I, I right, will eat it after do. the seven-hour drive. I don't even care. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thanks for watching. 573Ts.com. Uh, Mitch will be in Indy. I'll cover spring football. All kinds of stuff, and we will be back here sometime next week. We're going to shoot for Wednesday. It will probably be Wednesday, but we'll let you know. So uh, we'll talk to you then.